This is the soundtrack series. This is the soundtrack series. I'm Dana Rossi. Today on the show, Julia Wiedemann. Julia is a supernumerary at the Metropolitan Opera. And she tells us all about what it's like to get all dressed up and have no one look at you. A lot of people know about working as uh, extras in, you know, movies or on TV mm-hmm. and everything. But this is basically doing it, like, for the Metropolitan Opera. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... We have much cooler costumes yeah. than, than on movies or TV. You know, I mean, unless you're doing like Boardwalk Empire or something. Right. Every show you have a cool costume and cool makeup design and some wig. And it was a really great day job until it wasn't. Like anything, I think I personally became dependent on it. And suddenly I realized that, that that's all that I was doing. You know, like any like any day job that's like paying the rent. Yeah. I was I was like, oh well it's paying the rent, so I have to say yes to every show. And you know, I was in forty plus operas because oh you my know God. because, you know, they need they need bodies on that stage and uh, and I would show up on time. So, you know, like if you're if you're a normal person and not too crazy, you they'll hire you a lot. And uh and then I kind of turned around and realized, oh my goodness, I'm doing my job well if nobody notices me. Oh, and yeah. I want to I want to be noticed. <laughs> yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. When I but when I first started, like it was it was amazing. What and was the first opera you were in? Thais. I covered. So I there were four girls in, in the show, and, and they did two different bits. Where uh, One part where they played with garlands and put them on a man, on Thomas Hampson. I don't know if you know that no. opera star. So we would drape garlands on him. And then another part where we just watched people sing. But we... Uh, but I covered that, and I, I think I went on one time. And, I mean, it's incredible. It is, you I will never forget, you will ne- like a person will never yeah. forget the first time they step on that stage. And, you and know, look out. And look out. And, it, I mean, it was, it was a, our first dress rehearsal, and I think, I, like, somebody couldn't come that day. And then opening night is, is just, I mean, it's incredible, but... It's uh, Do you get to go to the the parties at the Met and all that um, kind of stuff too? The some there are some shows where they'll invite the whole cast, but the supers in the totem pole of uh, where the supers live on the totem pole of the Met Opera is the bottom. Yeah. Is the bottom understandably somebody has to be on the bottom. So yeah. the people that are uh, in the background not singing or speaking are ones on the bottom. I mean, it's an ego shattering job. If you want to have your ego bucked up, it's not the place to do it. You can get lost there. You're working in a place in a building filled with people that are at the top of their game. Yeah. The best in the business. Anna Trebko, you know, Renee Fleming, the best of the best. And, you know, from the violinist to the stage managers, like these people are the creme de la creme of the opera world. Yeah. And you are in that building and supporting their work. Like, you know, like you are, yeah. n- you know, not taking 
uh, attention away, you know, but like supporting, you know, being a part of the scene as a as a as a crowd or or as a, a guest at a party or as someone who takes a table off, you know, like whatever you're doing, you are supporting people that are the best at what they do. They would yeah. not be on that stage singing on that stage. The chorus is amazing. Well, because that's what—that's something I was going to ask you about. Is like there already is a chorus. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they—they they have to be paid extra money if they lift a finger beyond <laughs> singing. So, so no. But I just even meant for bodies. Oh, there's a chorus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but again, they are really good at singing. And some of them are really good at being a crowd. It's a hard job to sing and, you know, keep and be all together and whatnot. If a director wants more action in the scene, they got to get somebody that's only worried about doing the action in the scene. Right. And who they can pay less. They don't. Yeah. yeah. Obviously. Yeah. They're not going to ask like an enormously well-trained singer to be responsible to remember the cue where to sing and be, you know, looking at the conductor and also like, can you move this chair to this side of the stage to the other side of the stage? Sometimes, sometimes they'll do that. But more often than not, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's just easier to have a super do it. Any given week, there are four operas happening you know or four or five operas that that occur are you the only constant running through all of those shows or some of the chorus constant oh the chorus the principles the chorus is is a constant and and the and uh, there are some like contract singers at at the met uh, as far as i understand and they'll be in multiple shows i guess uh but the principles usually they'll they'll do one show at a time because it's so it's stressful on a on a human vocal uh, experience to have to do multiple operas yeah i saw a a madam butterfly once who had done like somebody had called out and so the woman that had been in rigoletto the night before did madam butterfly the next night so but chocho san like the yeah yeah the main wow yeah so like she saved the day and also like how did she how did she do that with her voice The majority of the shows, we are like, quote unquote, human scenery, or just making sure the chorus doesn't get in the way. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> you moving know. them, oh, no, 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 over yeah, here. Like my, I was uh, in um, Elisir, and the, my, basically my job was to make sure that when the cart, like in the act two, when the cart comes out with the singer inside, and everybody's supposed to like crowd around, my job is to make sure that the chorus doesn't crowd too too much. Like, be careful. Remember that there is a moving vehicle on the stage. And, um, <laughs> because they're singing. They're busy. They're busy. They're singing. They're singing however many part harmony yeah. opera. Not, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly. Peter Not, Paul and Mary. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. There are pockets of moments where you're like, oh, I had this, I had this great, you know, like, where you can have a part but like majority of the time nobody is looking at you yeah and if no if people are looking at you you're doing your job wrong yeah because it's like you have to care enough not to pull focus like one of my coworkers, uh when i first started she was like do anything you want unless i tell you to 
stop, it's fine. Wow. So like you can make up your whole, make up a whole world, a whole business for yourself and have a good time doing that. But I don't know. I think when I first started, uh, it was, it was a lot more fun to like kind of play act and, and whatnot. And I didn't really care about being paid $12 an hour because mm. it was so bizarre. Like how did my life get me to the Metropolitan Opera stage? Like, how am I here? Yeah. You know? Yeah. In this beautiful costume. Like, oh, of course I'm going to make up all this fun stuff and be, you know, an actor on the... But nobody's watching. And there's no moving up. Like, they're not going to be like, oh my God, Julia and Aida didn't show up. Like, we need you. Like, it's (laughs) it's not going to... That's not going to happen. And and I hope not, because I would uh, not be able to sing it. Actually, I spoke to somebody... You you brought up a good point, because I spoke to somebody last month about something, and and, and she was an acting coach, and she was just talking about something, and she was saying how, you know, background work is okay, like, you know, to to make some money, but it's not acting. Mm -hmm. Like, you're there as part of the scenery. and You're serving. You're you're not supposed to be noticed. Nobody's going to go, that girl, that girl, or, you right. know, like, you know, get me that, who, who is that? Is she represented? And, yeah. you know, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. is, is she represented? <laughs> get me her agent. Yes, that right. fuzzy woman behind the thin man <laughs> know, who to is the that? right. Who's that? A name, please. And her management. Um, but still, people who want to become actors are working as extras or working as background mm-hmm. just to either like meet people, make contacts mm-hmm. or just, you know, get credits or to have a paycheck that's not, you know, just waitressing or whatever right. it is. But anybody who is a super at the Met, are any of them aspiring? Some, some. They're, they're, I've known uh, like a handful of girls that were opera, opera singers. And um, one of them, in fact, just on Halloween moved to Paris, like finally made, and she's going to be in, she's going to start her opera career. I mean, she was singing opera, but working at the Met as mm-hmm. a, as a super. Uh, and for that kind of person, that is an amazing experience to see what it's like to be on that stage. Yeah. Work with all of the best of the best. You're not getting seen, but you're building relationships with yeah. people. And Even you're building relationships with a stage manager. You're yeah. building relationships with a director. Like yeah. there, you know. there's a there's a director at the Met who uh has been working there for years and he started as a super. Uh, one of my bosses uh, is in administration. He started as a super. That's so cool, uh, though. That then they went chorus, these different. Yeah, there's yeah. a chorus member that he started as a super. But the ultimately, like as an actor, like I don't put. I maybe have one or two operas on my resume because Bart Shear was the director. You know, and but but that's the only. I, but I've been in forty operas, but I'm not going to put that on my resume. Oh, you're going to put the ones sense? that are like the... Right. The so really... I, don't, I don't have like... Bart Shear know who, knows who I am. Yeah. However, that does not mean that Bart Shear will ever see me for an audition. Yeah. Because what I am is a body. Right. I am not a... I am not an actor. The one thing that I will forever cherish for my time at the opera is an amazing education in opera. Yeah. I know so much. I love so much opera Mm -hmm. because I have been exposed to it. Simply exposed to it. There's really nothing like being on that stage 
and there's nothing like experiencing Turindo was oh, my favorite opera before. I love. Yeah, before before I went to uh, the Met, I'd seen Turindo and or Turindot. Some people. Yeah, no, I, I've gotten so, into uh, arguments. Yeah, it, but, and yeah. <laughs> I I love that show, and my part in that show was very simple. Uh, I covered uh, so some of the girls that had uh, they did this like kind of dancey but like kind of all this like crazy movement at the beginning of the show where we're discovering the land and kind of the popolo and then the ping pong and pong scene mm-hmm. you know the uh, and they get dressed and then my part was to put a hat on ping pong or pong I never knew I never knew who it was <laughs> Um, and put a, a big hat with a big feather on him and then walk him. he get, walked off the stage. And then for basically the rest of the opera, most of the opera takes place in the palace, like in the like throne room. Yeah. And basically the chorus is all kind of along the sides as mm-hmm. Popolo. And and then there's, you know, dancers all around. And that be- it's just this beautiful old set by um, Zeffirelli. Mm-hmm. And, and then Supers are all along the downstage part of the of the set looking upwards. So you you get this like kind of gray into color beautiful like image. Yeah. And so my my job whenever when during Turindo was to sit and watch an opera. I had the best seat. Oh my god. In the house, like for the, for the X two and three and you know, it oh was God. for every like awesome pivotal moment that happens in Turindo, I was there to watch it. If every show were simply sitting and watching it, which some of them are, you're just kind of like, oh, what, and, <laughs> and you know, inaudibly like, oh, that's oh, you know, pretending to understand a language that you don't. It gets a little tiring, but when the opera is so amazing and when the opera singers are the best, it's uh, it can be it can be magic. You can witness magic on that stage. Yeah. the uh, the Paris attacks, the French national anthem with uh, yeah, led I, by Placido Domingo. Please just talk about yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The um that uh what what opera was that? That was before Tosca. I was there, but I wasn't. I didn't go to stage because I was, in fact, a little late in arriving. But as I was arriving, I heard it start, and so like I'm walking through the hallways of the Met, listening to what's happening on stage. There have been a there have been a, a few times that in the past seven eight seasons that I've been scared to scared to be in the building because it is such a beautiful place of art and support of existence. When I realize the import of what happens in that building, that was one of those moments. Yeah. When else were you scared to be um, there? 
Well, subsequently, a few days later, when when uh, there were uh, guards outside the building, and I had this moment at the beginning of Tosca, not the beginning, but the beginning of Act Two of Tosca. Myself and two of my coworkers, we play whores, and I start the scene as the curtain comes up and the music is playing. I'm pre- pretending to sleep on one of the couches, so I'm just like sleeping on one of the couches, and I, so the whole first I don't know thirty seconds of the scene. I just hear what's happening and I feel I can you can feel the curtain coming up because it's just the light changes yeah, the light changes and the and the air changes there's a there's a very slight shift in the air as the as the scrim goes up and there was just this moment a few days a few days after the attacks where I was like I could die right now and my eyes wouldn't ever open again for whatever reason you know I just yeah. had that thought as the curtain came up people are so insane they they could ruin this it's just it's so important that people gather that people gather and watch and experience live theater and it's so upsetting it's so sad that there are people in the world that have no idea how amazing yeah and transformative that, that experience and can be disposable. that there are people yeah. exactly that there are people in this world that are training children to kill and then therefore never be able to know what it is to be on stage to close your eyes to feel the change in the air and be breathing the same air as placido domingo who's in charge of a huge orchestra or the person in the third row who's never seen an opera before or the person in the 400th seat up up a million miles away from you who's just who can't see your face but can just who's enraptured in, in by what's happening yeah i'm not saying that like what we're doing is like the most important thing in the world but it is part of the human experience important. that is it's too bad that the supers don't get paid more because i probably would do it for the rest of my life but then also I would probably, I don't like that that 400th person at the seat can't see my face. <laughs> because if they can't see my face, I want them to be able to hear my voice. And I'd be able to, I'd be able to not sing to them, but I'd be able to tell them a really good story, I think. It's an amazing amount of talent that's on that stage that you get to as a, as a super like support and be and be next to you know yeah. I mean there's being able to stand next to Anna Netrebko while she prances up and down the stage is it's pretty fun to then do that and then the next night get to pretend to suck James Morris's dick like that's there's a particular I, I want to say thrill but you know like you you get to be a part of a lot of different scenes they don't all they don't know your name right. like placido domingo doesn't know my name but he kisses my hand every time he sees me because oh. he kind of recognizes me yeah you know he's flirted with me on multiple occasions before so like he knows that i exist but like he doesn't know me can i tell you a story about tosca yes uh when i was a i was a sophomore in college me and my friend Tyler, who I'm I'm still friends with to this day, he's an amazing friend. Uh, but we ha- we were paired up to be scene partners, and and we have to pick you know a scene, and everybody's doing stuff from like Fool for Love and Doll's House and whatever. And uh, <laughs> this just 
how this is how artsy Tyler and I were. Let's put it that way. It was like mm. we're gonna do the rape scene from Tosca. Oh, cool! But without oh. singing it, uh, just speaking what oh, the translation wow. is, and then like him, like <laughs> you know, like chasing me around and all this kind of stuff. Did you turn her? her little her aria into bc darte yes into, i did into a monologue yes i did oh my god yeah, do you, you know still what it, remember that <laughs> oh my not god like that, not that i could sit here and do it no, for you i mean but, i just know it's like i live for art i live for yes love. but uh oh god and <laughs> that song is killer like yeah. that is just uh, oh god but that was my bit because i love maria Callas right and that's one of her most famous yes. arias and i just yeah i was like no i'm gonna i'm gonna act the shit out of this yeah that's that's a <gasps> dumb 19 year old no but that's like theater also, student that's also amazing that's also <laughs> amazing i want you to remember that and i wish it had been filmed i'm actually yeah. gonna talk to tyler soon and i i, I should ask him if like they ever film those i mean because yeah. you're just doing it it's just acting you're, studio yeah, class, so it's just right, everybody right. else in class yeah. but it's like i do remember we do doing it for a grade right, right before you know the holiday break so i don't i don't know if well like, you got you gotta at least dig up the model like uh, the translation and like rememorize it yeah. and come over to my house and do it for me because yes I just because i just want to see that that's uh, that's amazing. Oh, this is the other thing too. We had to we had to think of a piece of music for the scene, and that just somehow informed it. It was like very very early soundtrack series. Thank you, Irene Baird, studio <laughs> sophomore year studio teacher. But um, and uh, you know people are just kind of bringing in songs that matter to them, and they put that on, and then it's like then they're ready to act in the scene. Uh huh. And Tyler and I chose "The Pool" by Tori Amos. <gasps> which is on the winter single. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. just like all these like harmonies and vocals oh and everything. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know why. That's so good. How hard do you hate us? No, like, I love you so much. <laughs> I love you so much. Because sophomores in college is when you should be like exploring everything Tori Amos, everything, every impulse that you have towards anything, that's, that's the time for it. I have to ask you about the Renee Fleming story because I remember this from you just kind of telling me casually and I definitely yeah. wanted you to tell uh, everybody. She's she's experiencing her, uh, or experiencing, she's celebrating her 25 year anniversary at the Met this mm-hmm. year. And I, I want to know who I should call. Are they going to be like, anybody from the house want to give a speech about Renee Fleming? The first time that Renee Fleming and I ever interacted was during Thais, my first opera. She was in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, I was a cover, so I didn't rehearse every day. I only, re- or I rehearsed every day in that, like I watched the girls that were in the show. But uh, there was a day when we were doing a scene that we hadn't rehearsed yet, a bunch, and one of the girls was out. So I was put in and I was told where to sit or where to walk to and where to sit. And I did the thing with the garlands on Thomas Hampson, and I sat where I was supposed to sit. We do that, and then the next part of the scene, Renee Fleming comes down these stairs, and she's singing, 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 stops singing, stops moving, and the piano kind of tinkles to a 
what's happening? Why did she stop singing? And, uh, and she just points at me and says, that young lady is in my way. And so naturally, like, I scooch a little upstage, and, and uh, she continues singing. Um, but a rehearsal was stopped because of me. I try not to, in rehearsals, not be noticed even in rehearsals, because there are some directors that like to fire somebody just so that they can show everybody that they're in charge, you know? And uh, I don't like being yelled at, you know? No, and not in public, too. That's the worst. And, And, like, nobody knows where to look, and everybody's like... And you're like, can somebody... Can one person stand up for me? Yeah. Just one? But no one's going to stand up for a super. When I was in Renee Fleming's way, get the fuck out of Renee Fleming's way. Okay. Done. (laughs) Done. I'll I'll never forget it. Probably nobody else in the room remembers it happening. Deborah Voigt, uh, she she does mostly, I would say, uh, mostly Wagner, at least when I was at the, when I was, my few seasons, a few seasons, seven seasons at the Met, were backstage in Electra. She and her dresser come and she's about to go on stage and her dresser leaves for whatever reason. Usually a dresser stays with the uh, principal singers, so in case there's something askew. And I guess the dresser leaves for some reason and Deborah Voigt's about to go on stage for her cue. I'm standing backstage, like chatting with a couple other supers. And uh, I see her look in my direction and wave, wave me over, like give me. Uh And I'm like, uh, she can't possibly be talking to me. I'm a super like, you know, but she's like yards away from me backstage, but all the way downstage and I'm upstage. And then she looks at me again. And she like, like more panicked, oh, like no. waves me over. And I'm I'm still like, I, I turn around. I'm like, who is she? She must not want me. She wants maybe her dresser is behind me. I, I, I don't know. And I just like shake my head. And, and she gets even more panicked. Like, please come over here. Yeah. Uh, like as though she's like, come on, you can do this race. Hurry up. Like, like yeah. waving her arm, <laughs> huge waving and her, her arm. I'm like, and so I gingerly step like towards her me. And she goes, yes, you like mouthing all the while. And I'm like, okay. And I walk over to her and she's like, I've come undone. <laughs> and oh. I look and her costume is has like just unsnapped itself on the side and she can't figure out how where to go and I'm like oh okay and I I snapped Deborah Voigt into her costume just in time for her cue <laughs> and she runs on stage I told that story to somebody at the Met and they were like oh wow like you could have gotten fired for that and I was like why and it was like you're doing the job of a dresser but you like, were there. What are you going to do? Know. Be like, let me run down and get find the dresser in the like you know four levels right. below well, the stage. Right, right. Well, that's the other thing as well is that everybody's got their job at the Met because sometimes what needs to be done needs to be done right exactly. now. Exactly, exactly. And that's exactly. the way that is. Okay, so now this is the segment <laughs> called One Song. Oh, yes. Uh, one song that is you are going to just tell us a story uh, that you always uh, seem to connect to a, a particular song. What's the, what's the song? Heart of Glass. 
is the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, like I said, I went to beauty school last year. Yeah. And I, uh, because I was kind of in this moment of my life, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? I can't just do this. I felt very skillless. You know, you spend enough seasons at, at the Met and you'll be like, all I'm doing is being quiet. That's all I'm good at. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I went to beauty school to learn a new skill. And I had this whole uh, idea that like, oh, I'm going to be in this class with all these people. And sure, they're going to be younger than me. Maybe somebody's going to be old, and like, but we're all going to be starting this thing together, like in learning this new skill, changing our lives. And it was not that experience oh. uh i you know this kind of can do positive girl she was met with uh some contention uh, from the people that i was in class with they were a bunch of like 19 year old girls you know and yeah. i and you know no disrespect but they, uh. they but they they were they made learning very difficult like they were more interested in being on their instagram accounts than actually learning something in beauty school uh, there was one day uh, where uh, our teacher, Michelle, was teaching us about color theory and hair design. And we'd finished reading the chapter and like going through the PowerPoint. And the whole classroom, like I, I've read this chapter and I'm trying to take in all this information. I'm, I'm as excited as you can be when somebody actually reads a PowerPoint, you know, just simply reads it. I don't know much about business or PowerPoints, but I have a feeling you don't just simply read the screen. But anyway, that's how things were taught and uh michelle you know she's trying to make everyone excited about this and she said you guys like you have the whole rest of the afternoon to do this amazing fun project uh and there's like an hour and a half left of class and she tells us that you're gonna make a color wheel out of play-doh yeah. Yay. Yay! I'm at this point in my life a 33 year old college graduate who yeah. has comprehended the color wheel. I do not need to make it out of play doh. But I'm thinking to myself, you know what, Julia? You follow the rules. You're here. You decided to be here. This is what the task is: build build some play doh color wheels. And we got to do it in pairs. So I did it with my friend Amanda. So we make our color wheel like within five minutes. We're done. And then we're working on our Milady's textbooks. And we're super, you know, like getting stuff done in an afternoon. And uh, we're done by the time that everybody is still like, oh, who's gonna be my partner? Oh God, this is so stupid. Oh, I don't want to do this. Oh. And it's like just do it already. Everybody picks their partners. Everybody's smushing Play-Doh together. And uh, there's this like calm in the room. And I'm thinking, oh my God, there's this peace and this calm. I'm going to get something done in beauty school today. Like I'm going to work on my workbook. I would later find out that peace and quiet was always a harbinger for absolute chaos. (laughs) Because after just a few moments, Jaya, this beautiful girl with like too much like ingrained disdain on her face. She uh, says to Michelle, Michelle, put on some music. Music would be played while we did activities or worked on our workbook, which was, in my humble opinion, a somewhat annoying practice, but what have you, fine. It's beauty school, put on some music. Michelle, who, she was closer to their age than anybody else's age and just wanted everybody to like her. So she's a very sweet, sweet woman. She just like ran over to the computer and stuck a CD and like, oh, appease the crowd, appease the masses. And the CD that started playing was uh, Blondie's Heart of Glass. It was the first song and started playing. And uh, 
the whole class erupts. Like, no, not this CD. No, this is the worst. We hate this song. We listen to this CD all the time. Turn it off, Michelle. It's gross. It's hate. I hate it. It's the worst. Oh. So the class is going crazy. Everybody hates the CD. Uh, and Michelle doesn't know what to do. She's just like, uh, uh, you know, this is the one CD that she has that's approved for school use or what have you. And I just look at her. And because I feel for her position, you know, being yelled at by 19 year olds, I, I just, I, I look at her and say, or no music is fine, you know, and I do that like kind of quiet, like just so you like look at her like, or no music, because I don't want to listen to it either. Like I want to not listen to any music so I can focus. And Michelle, as though I had just given her the permission to be the teacher, she goes, oh, huge smile. She goes, or no music. And shuts it off and, and is like really proud of herself. And uh, again, the class, no, even worse than before. Michelle is not fair. No, put it on. Oh, no. I'm realizing that I'm making my entire class sound like Sofia Vergara. I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, Michelle. No, <laughs> but, but anyway, so and, and Michelle's like, for whatever reason, she is not backing down. And I'm like, oh, wow. it's, it's inexplicable. But the class finally calms down, goes back. Jaya, again, slices through the piece. Fine. If there's not going to be any music, I'm going to sing. And then the whole class joins in. Not the whole class, like just the majority of the class, like the group of girls in the class that I refer to as the NDCs, the nasty, disrespectful cunts. And, you know, it's acapella. So it's like, and they don't know the words. And acapella is annoying, even when you know the words. So like, why, why, why are you doing, and they're just doing it out of spite. And then also saying like, Jaya, you're so funny. Oh, Jaya, so funny. And so like the next 45 minutes of the class is that and Michelle just like smiling nervously in the corner and my friend Amanda head down and me just knowing that I'm not going to get anything done at another afternoon in beauty school. And needless to say, that song is ruined for me. Julia Wiedemann, super yeah. at the Met, <laughs> storyteller and beautician, a Jill of all trades. Thank you so much for doing Thank the show. Thank you so much. This has been the Soundtrack Series. Thanks for listening. <laughs>